Turn with me in your Bibles this evening, please, to the Gospel of Luke. Reading the Gospel of Luke, please, in the chapter 15. We're going to read from the verse 11, the Gospel of Luke, please. In the chapter 15, we're coming back to this new series on Sunday evenings, The God You Need to Know. And this evening, we're thinking about the God who is seeking for you. The God who is seeking for you. Luke chapter 15, please. And the verse 11, and we'll read through to the verse 24. And he said, that is the Lord Jesus, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of the goods that fall up to me. And he divided them unto his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine pigs. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe, and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive again. He was lost, and is found. And they began to be Mary. And we trust the Lord to bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts this evening. When I was a little boy, every night before I would go to sleep, quite often one of my parents, my mom or dad, would come and they would read me a bedtime story. And there's nothing that's more powerful to capture our attention than a captivating story. Quite often in scripture, the Lord Jesus would have told stories or parables, and these parables would have seemed like an everyday story, but they held a heavenly meaning that must be applied to your life and to mine. And tonight we have read one of those parables that the Lord Jesus told. The Lord in this passage is telling the third of three parables which spoke of things which were lost. You see, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, had been questioning the Lord Jesus as to why he spent so much time with sinners, with the people who were drunkards and drug addicts and homeless, completely lost in this world. The Lord Jesus, he seeks to answer them 
And the answer to Luke 19 and verse 10, this is what he tells them. The reason, he says, why I associate myself with sinners is because I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. And he says it there, and he says, I do this because it's my Father's joy. It pleases the Lord to save lost sinners. I wonder, do you realize, dear friend, that you're lost. You may think that your life's comfortable, and you may think that you have no need of God, but the question must be asked, if you weren't to see tomorrow, if this evening you ended up in eternity, would you end up in heaven that Trevor has been singing about, or would you end up lost forever in that place the Bible calls hell? The Bible tells us that we're like sheep who have gone astray, sheep who have got lost, and we each go our own way, and that's exactly what the prodigal in our reading tonight did. He went his own way. I wonder, is that you tonight? Are you lost like him? Are you just living your own way? The Lord Jesus, he's told these three stories that have this theme of being lost. He tells the story, first of all, of 100 sheep. And the shepherd, he lost one of these sheep and he went out and he found it and he brought the sheep back. And the Savior says in verse 7 of this chapter, I tell you in the same way, there will be great rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. You see, heaven's joy, heaven's joy is the recovery of a lost sinner who repents. I wonder, has there ever been rejoicing in heaven for you? The Lord Jesus told the second story about a woman who had ten silver coins. And she lost one. And she went out and she searched and she searched and she, she searched until she found it. And when she found it again, we read in verse 10, In the same way I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Now, of course, then it leads to the third story, which is the parable we've read this evening. Uh, and it's not to do with the recovery of a lost sheep or a lost coin. Rather, it's a lost son. But this story is intended to demonstrate the same thing of our lost estate. But why we have a heavenly Father who seeks for us. And the God you need to know is the God who is seeking for you, my dear unsaved friend, tonight. And this story speaks of the nature of our need to repent. It shows us of our need to turn away from our sin and to run to the Saviour. You know, people nowadays don't like the word sin. And some are even offended if we refer, if we refer to people as a sinner. But I heard an illustration of, uh, from a, another pastor, a faithful preacher of the gospel, and one of their elders said, you need to ease in all this talk about sin and hell, or, or you'll put people off. The old pastor, he took the elder out, of his, out to his shed and he pointed to a bottle high that was sitting on the top shelf. And he told the elder to lift that bottle down and he asked the elder, what does that label say? And the elder looked at the label and it said poison. And the pastor then asked, what does it say underneath? And it said in the bottom of the bottle, fable to humans. So the old pastor said, what are you asking? What you're asking me to do 
is to peel off the label and stick on it and say essence of peppermint and give the bottle to children to play with. Now you think of that. It still continues to be deadly poison that can kill. But we just renamed it to the essence of peppermint. The elder understood. The pastor had to call sin for what it really was. Because dear friends, sin is deadly. And it could cost you everything. It could cost you your soul. And sadly the story we've read tonight is one about a son who got involved with sin and walked away from a father who loved him. David Livingstone, the great missionary, had to bury his own son after an opium overdose. There was also a great preacher who loved the Lord and his name was D.L. Moody. And he saw many a soul come to trust Christ as Saviour under his ministry. But he was heard to say, I would trade anything to meet, see my son Will come to Christ. Eventually Will, who was just like the prodigal son, did put his trust in Christ. But it was after many painful years of his father praying for him. And even in more recent times, we can think of the great evangelist Billy Graham. He knew the heartache of having a son who was wayward. Franklin, uh, he was, uh, was Graham, Billy Graham's son. And Franklin Graham once walked far, far away from God. But eventually he was converted and followed in his father's footsteps. The story of a prodigal. And tonight you could be in our meeting. Or you could listen in online. And it could be you. You're the prodigal, the one that's lost. We can think of the prodigal son in our story tonight, brought up in a good home, maybe worked hard in the farm. He was the youngest of the two sons, the second born son. You may, may be wondering what this word prodigal means. We've mentioned it earlier in the meeting. It, it refers to somebody who's wasteful, a person who is senselessly and extravagantly self-indulgent, someone who lives just to please themselves. And that's the great word for this son, the prodigal. Wasteful year. This man is the classic illustration of a wasted life. Extravagant self-indulgence. And that's why he's called the prodigal son. I want you to see this evening that this son, he left home. The son left home, verse 12. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And the father divides them out and then after a few days this younger son he gets and he leaves with all his inheritance. What an outrageous request this was. Could you imagine going to your parent and asking them for your inheritance? This son, he was utterly disrespectful towards his father and he lacks any love for his father. In fact, the truth of the matter is, for a son to say something like that in, in the Middle East, in village life in those days, was the equal of saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. You're in the way of my commands. You're a barrier. I want my freedom. I want my fulfillment. And I want out of this family now. I've got other plans and they don't involve you. They don't involve this family. They don't involve this estate. They don't involve this village. I want nothing more to do with any of you. I want my inheritance now. And this father has poured his life into building his estate and building his wealth and so that he can pass this on to the son. 
when he dies, but the father gave his son the resulting sum total of his life and work. The younger son wanted what the father could give him, but he didn't want the father. And this is what this son was asking, he just wanted all now. He wanted to live life to the full. He wanted to try the things of the far country. He wanted to live the party life. He wanted to leave the security of home and experiment with the world. Home life was boring. There was so much to explore out there. He didn't need his father anymore. He was going to leave home. You know, the Bible does teach that each of us are sinners and we're separated from a holy God. And in this parable, the father of the prodigal son can be likened to God, our Heavenly Father. And you and I, we can be compared to that of the prodigal son. And the prodigal at this stage wanted nothing to do with his father. Could it be that you're listening to my voice this evening and you don't want anything to do with God, the Heavenly Father? Could it be that you don't care about God? You want nothing to do with him you want nothing to do with the family of God. You don't want to be accountable to God. You have no interest in God. You don't want to submit to God. And you don't want any kind of relationship with God at all. You know, this young man, he wanted to live his life pretending that his father didn't exist. And so he left home. And there are many people in our society today who want to live as if there's no God. I wonder, is that you? I wonder, do you live simply as you please? I wonder, do you know how gracious God has been to you? Each breath you take, even that latest breath that you just took, was given to you by God Almighty. The food that sat upon your table today was given to you by God Almighty. The Heavenly Father who provides for you and we take all that God give, graciously gives us for granted. And yet, many want nothing to do with it. You know, when God made man, he literally poured his life into man. And every day that men live upon the earth, they consume the resources that God created for them. Yet many people don't acknowledge or want God in their lives. They want what he can give them. But they don't want God himself. What a tragedy. No wonder the Bible calls such people fools. If you want to live your life like there's no God, he will allow you to do just that. If you want to take all that he gives you without acknowledging him, he'll let you just do that. Is this what you want the sum total of your life to be? In Proverbs 16 and verse 25, we read this, this, these words, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The son was willfully lost. And the father whose son had left. And in a passage of scripture, when we see the father, when we see someone search for a coin, when we see a shepherd go out searching, let me tell you something tonight. The Heavenly Father is here and he's searching for you. For your soul. Yet maybe you're rejecting him. Walking away from him. The son left home, but the son discovered something. 
the son discovered the reality of this world. The passage says, not many days after the younger son gathered all together, verse 13, and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living, verse 14, and when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in one. You see, here the sun goes, and he enjoys the drinking culture, and the women, and the gambling, and all the things that this world has to offer, and he wants to be satisfied, and he thinks that in all these things he will find his satisfaction, but rather at the end of verse 14, we find that he begins to be in want. In other words, all his money's gone, and he's in need of help, he's wasted everything, he's wasted his life. You see, the son began to realize that the way of sin and the way of the world is better and hard. And the prodigal son was trying the broken cisterns of this world, the things that won't satisfy. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13 we read, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed them out old cisterns, Broken cisterns that hold no water. I tried the broken cistern, Lord, but ah, the waters fail. Now none but Christ can satisfy. The things we look for fulfillment in this world, they'll never work. They're broken cisterns. And this son, he looked in the far country away from his father and it didn't work. Are you looking for happiness in broken cisterns, dear friend, where the water quickly runs dry? Are you looking for fulfillment in the clubs and the pubs? Are you looking for it on the sports team? Are you looking for it in beauty? Are you looking for it in career progression? In all these things you'll have limited fulfillment and have the happiness will only last for a short time. They're broken cisterns. And in the search for happiness in those things, you're in danger of losing out in the only thing, the only person who can satisfy you eternally. And we, I say to you this evening, you must come to the living water that Christ offers you today. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The Lord Jesus cares about every tear you shed. Christ died in your place and he rose again for you. Christ can set you free. Christ can carry your soul to heaven if you would only trust him for eternity. What a saviour to come to tonight and he can be yours and he's seeking for you. This is the God that you need to know. What is the Lord Jesus offering you? He's offering you satisfaction and salvation for your soul. And that's why he went to the cross. He paid the price for your sin. He died the death that you should have died at the cross there in Golgotha's hill. And tonight there's room at the cross for you. He's offering you the opportunity to have all your sins forgiven. He's offering you the opportunity to be made right with God. He's offering you the opportunity to miss hell and go to heaven when you die. He wants you to come before him, confessing you're a sinner and calling him by faith. And he's here seeking for you tonight. You're in this meeting. And God in His grace has allowed you to come under the sound of the gospel once more. He's seeking for you. 
And he wants you to come and put your trust in him. And if you do that, he will save you. And he will satisfy your soul. And the attractions of this world, they'll lose their grip on you. He wants to save you and satisfy you. And that's why he's such a tender saviour. And he just says, Ethan, come to me. Come to me. This son he left home. Then he discovered the reality of this world. But then he realised that his father loved him. He was seeking for him the whole time. Longing for this son to return home. Look at verse 15. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent them into the fields to feed the pigs. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread not in despair, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. The son ended up feeding the pigs of a farmer. Wasted. <coughs> and these verses tell us that he came to himself. In other words, he repented. And he regretted what he had done. And to repent, it means to turn away from your sin. And that's exactly what this young man did. The young man changed his mind about himself and his situation. And he admitted that he was a sinner. And he realized that his own father was a very generous and loving man. And even the servants at home were treated better than the son was now. But you know, he could have stopped there with his thoughts of repentance and remorse and that would have been a very sad end of the story. But the passage goes on. And the young son does something about his situation. You see, you could have sat here on Sunday evenings. And you could have thought about your need to repent. And then you could have even been convicted of your sin. But not done anything about it. But I want you to see that the story of the prodigal son doesn't end there. He does something about it. He realizes his need to repent. And the passage goes on. And verse 18 says, I will arise. I will go. I will say. You see, repentance is a work of God. But then the sinner, that's you and I, must act on our repentance and putting our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary. You see, it takes repentance towards God. And faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. But when, but then when the young man repented and came to his father, you know, there was great rejoicing. The Bible tells us that when the father saw the son, a father was standing there and waiting and seeking for his son from afar off. That the father, he showed great mercy. You know, I've heard people say, I'm not good enough for God. The things I've done in my life, God wouldn't want me. You couldn't be more wrong. God loves you. He's seeking for you. It's his pleasure to see the sinner. That's why Christ went and shed his blood for you. That's why he went to the cross. Here the son had left and went to Ryan's living. And the Bible tells us that the father saw his son from afar off. 
that he showed great mercy and he had compassion for him and he forgave him. And you can see that picture of the father running from the home to embrace his child who had been lost but had come home. God is rich in mercy and grace still today. And the heavenly father is seeking to for you. But let me tell you, we're not saved by God's love. You're saved by God's love and sacrifice the Lord Jesus who shed his precious blood so that you could go free. And you must accept his free gift of salvation. Will you not bow the knee tonight and accept that you're a sinner? Repent from your sin, turn from it. Trust Christ who went to the cross of Calvary for you. You see, sin it leaves you in the pigs, love. Leaves you bankrupt spiritually, empty, destitute, nobody to help, nowhere to turn, facing death, facing eternal separation from God forever. And here's a young man who made a shameless request for his inheritance. And then he left in a shameless rebellion which led him to the pikes. But then he repented. Will you repent and trust the Savior to save me? The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can satisfy you in this life. You may think, well, you have to say that. You're the preacher. Let me tell you, I should bring many a person up to this pulpit to testify that it is only Christ who satisfies in this life. The Lord saved me when I was five years old. And I've been walking with him for many years. And I want to tell you I'm so glad that the Lord saved me when I was young. Because I, it has been my life's experience that Christ satisfies day in, day out. That he's with me all the way. The Lord can save the child because the gospel is a simple message. I'm a sinner. And I need Christ as my saviour. Don't complicate the gospel tonight. Stop looking to the things in this world to satisfy your soul. For the hymn writer is wrote, now none but Christ can satisfy. There's none other name for me. There's life and life. And listen to it, last and joy. Lord Jesus, find.